Hey, how you going? Welcome to episode three of the Alt Music Podcast. I'm your host, Rogan Josh, and with me today, uh, I'm not feeling very well. I've been sick this week, so I thought I need someone that can carry me. Why not get host of Disc and Dice Podcast, host of Grown Up Picture Book Club, vocalist for Old Ghosts, Capulet, drummer for Autumn's Passage, Dago Freak self-titled EP out tomorrow, Tim Bartell. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing very well, especially after that intro. Holy heck. I didn't even get through my full list. Do you want more? <laughs> what else you got? Right, I'll let you know in a second. But for those listening, so this is a podcast about music, heavy music. And today I have Tim Bartell, singer of my band, Capulet. Uh, and also, as I said before, a man of many, many talents. So on my list here, I've got your podcast. So Disc and Dice, my favorite podcast that I listen to whenever... Every I was going to say every week, but it's every fortnight now. Uh, yeah. With Paul and JT, Grown Up Picture Book Club with Shayla. Uh, I've got Old Ghosts vocalist, Capulet slash Just Like Clockwork vocalist, Autumn's Passage drummer, solo artist, Voice of Transition Australia a cappella 2015 state final champion. <laughs> no. <laughs> editor of 24 Magazine, comic book reviewer. Uh, and I also wrote down Ghost of a Chance because I remembered your first band, but I can't remember anything about it. So let's start with, was Ghost of a Chance your first band? Uh, I mean, it wasn't technically my first band, but it was like my first band that actually like played shows and stuff, you know, like everyone's got their first like pop punk band that doesn't make it out of the garage. How old whatever, were you in the Ghost... first first band? Uh, 15, I guess, probably. Yeah, I think yeah. 15. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe 14. I can't remember. It was just like, a, a, a couple of other guys from like youth group at like my parents' church, and we started playing good Charlotte covers, and then had a couple of our own songs as well. So that that basically like more a cover band than anything else kind of thing. But you know, it, it gets it gets you used to playing with other people. So you were looking up good Charlotte covers. You accidentally clicked on a photo of AFI, and then Ghost of a Chance was started. Is that the logical progression? <laughs> yeah. Well. You know what? It's funny that we talk about the cover band thing because um, it, Ghost of a Chance got started because uh, in high school, uh, at my school, I was like doing music as a subject. And one of the rules at my high school was if you were to do like four units, so the whole year of music, they required you to perform in one of the school bands. Uh. Um, and so they got me into the newly formed school rock band. Uh, and... That was like, I was like the backup drummer because they had like this year 10 guy who was like a really solid drummer, yep. but he was going overseas. And, and, but when we say rock band, it was like Mustang Sally and okay. Shake Tail okay. Feather and just yeah. like, like classic rock, right? But the thing was, the teacher who ran that band, uh, and that was in year nine that I joined that band, the teacher who ran that band had like this run of like, she dislocated like her knee and couldn't come in for a few weeks and then by the time she was back she was ready to go on mat leave so then uh, she was gone for months and then by the time she came back she'd, she'd done her other knee or something like that oh my so God. that teacher ended being like ended up being like out of the school for like a whole year and her replacement like just didn't want to be there he was like a substitute teacher that oh, no. for so long and because he didn't want to be there he couldn't be bothered with any extracurricular stuff and so he went hey tim can you be in charge of the school rock band and just run it? And so I went, sure thing. Yeah. Like did, didn't get in touch with anyone else who had been in that band, just recruited two of my mates and we turned it into what we thought was a real rock band. Yeah. And instead of 
Ray Charles and stuff, all of a sudden we're playing Green Day and Blink. Oh, dude, and nice. AFI. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, we actually snuck some AFI in there. We did it at the school concert night at the end of the year, and one of the year 11 students, like so a couple of years above, Abe and myself, so Abe played bass and I played drums, and we had another guy, but the sound guy was this guy named Tagan, who was one of the really alternative kids, and he was yeah. like a couple of years older than us, so he was really cool, and he saw us play AFI, and he was like, dude, that was like unreal, that was like really cool, and so he was like, do you guys want to like come to my place, and we'll play some tunes and stuff, and that was supposed to be a chance. We just thought, all right, cool. We got like an actual guitarist. He's like a cooler, older guy who plays in heavy bands and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, we just started writing songs. And is this Tagen? Tagen? We the Sentinel? Yeah. Oh my, yeah. I, I did not know Tagen was in Ghost of a Chance. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So yes, he he was, he went to Norwood Moriata High School with Abe and myself. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we used to jam at his uh, parents' place every every week and hang out there and play halo and <laughs> hell yes. yeah i've got to yeah. say i'm so jealous of that story i've had a dream ever since leaving high school because i didn't start music till after high school i started music in the first year of uni playing any music and since then i always wish that i had played at like in front of my high school like even up until recently, there's a new song and I'll be listening to it and I'll be like, oh, imagine the amazing performance if I like went back in time and had a band and we played this song like in front of the school. And that's like this like fantasy that I've always had that I, I wish that I could have like played co- a cool song in front of the school. So you have that. Dude, that yeah, dude. But yeah, no, that was, that was, you, you walked around like big man on campus. Like I was not a popular dude at high school. I was just a <laughs> bit of a dweeb, you know, but like. I was a very energetic and over-the-top drummer. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I didn't pay attention to how loud I should be playing in comparison to the rest of the band. But, you know, the rest of the kids at Assembly, you know, they're just putting up with these, like, little performances, right? So when someone comes out and just starts laying into it, yeah. there's, a, there's a good response there. So, yeah, so that was a bit, a bit of fun. Um, I'm really surprised to hear that you didn't start playing until after high school though like i just got the impression that um entimo i don't know how much of your your past bands you've, you've the, the, the timeline you've given your listeners but i i was under the impression that entimo in, in was a high school band like just it was, i know that you and ben went to school together so i just made that assumption no high school friends and then we started getting into so we, uh me and ben became friends through music um i bumped into him at westlake's uh, and I had just bought uh, Limp Biscuit Results May Vary from Sanity. Yep. And <laughs> I bumped into him and I we didn't even know that each other liked music at all. And he was like, he was there to buy, I can't remember what band, but like he was there to go into Sanity. And like, then I think he bought it that day. And it was just like friendship. Like, oh my God, we like the same music. Yeah. We go to the same school. Um I knew that he was a drummer and there used to be parties at his house where he'd get the drum kit out and just like, he was an incredible fast drummer, like freak talent. Uh, I had played around on acoustic for a few years. So uh, Tim Lorimer, our mutual friend, uh, mm-hmm. had always been my musical influence. He's just a very musical family, uh, acoustic singer, songwriter. So I'd always just kind of been watching him and me and him had a few songs that we kind of wrote together, but I'd, he, he taught me how to play like Smoke on the Water and one other song I can't even remember. And then from there, I just kind of like self-taught acoustic. But then it wasn't until first year of high school when we met the guys in the Rising Fight because I was in uni 
with Dave from The Rising Fight, and I listened to them, and I was like, this sounds like Alexis on fire, and these guys are from Adelaide, and it was like, oh my god, like, I want to do this, um, and we just kind of started writing, me and Ben, and went yeah. from there, but with Go- how long how long did Ghost, in a- Ghost of a Chance end up uh, going for, because it's like, so it started in school, yeah. and then did it go past school? No, um, so... We started that band in year 10, which for us, which for me, it was 2004. Yep. And uh, we went hard through 2005. And then around the start of 2006, we decided that we wanted to move away from like the screamo kind of scene thing. Because we were doing like the full on like fishnets on our arms. Yeah. Like, the entire can of hairspray in in our hair like lots of makeup and like real real screamo stuff like from first to last like that yeah. kind of look was a big influence for us uh a bit of sevenfold and like back when they were like kind of more metal and stuff but um we decided we got really into motley crew and kind of glam and stuff and do you remember that when that kind of got a resurgence especially in adelaide with like um like uh dangerous or oh um, yeah dangerous and um oh it's gonna drive me nuts what's the Wendy icon Wendy Wendy icon icon. yeah when they they kind of they did the same thing they kind of they were pretty screamo and then they started going really glam and like Tommy started wailing and stuff and yeah we tightened up a a few of our songs from like being like pretty kind of messy screamo from autumn to ashes kind of like lots of noise to like really crisp drums and tight guitars and stuff. And that's not to say that from Water of the Ashes was sloppy, but the sound was noisier. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but we felt that um, we weren't going to be able to move away from what people expected Ghost of a Chance to be because we had a fairly dedicated fan base. Like we weren't massive, you know, we were nowhere near Wendy Icon's level, but we had a pretty dedicated fan base. Like I feel we, like. We, we had a few, there's I a feel few like people out there with Ghost of a Chance tattoos. See, that's crazy. I was going to say, I yeah. feel like that first young local band is one of, that gets the most like rabid mm. fan base because it's like these are my people. Like I, I had a um a couple of you know young bands of people I kind of knew, and it's just like you kind of latched on. Like with me with the Borderland, you know, like yeah. I I knew the manager of the band. And then because I had an in, it was like, this is my band. Like, I was in love with them. So I imagine that you guys would have had, being in the school, like a real tight kind of supporter base. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, it, was, it wasn't so much in, in the school, to be completely honest. Like, we had our little, uh, we had our, like, our little friends group and stuff, and they were supportive. But most of our fan base were just, you know, um, they came from that, that, the underground in Adelaide. You know how there was kind of that real, real yeah, big... Dude. The community that almost was around that venue, just yes. about. Yeah, man. we kind of we kind of were lucky enough to come out at a just at the right time where there weren't a lot of bands doing the screamo stuff. Like Adelaide had a heap solid hardcore scene, yeah. but we had the the whingy clean vocals as well. <laughs> nice. So, so were you you were drumming? Were you also doing cleans? Were you Aaron Gillespieing for Ghost of a Chance? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so. All three of us did vocals of some description. So yeah. it was a free piece. I played drums and I kind of had a very low guttural growly scream. And then I did all the clean vocals. And then Abe had a really raspy scream because he was like the death metal guy. Like he yeah. really came from the European school of stuff. And Tegan had a kind of more 
poison the well, hardcore-y kind of scream. I'm a big fan and of so, Tegan's scream. Yeah, uh, so yeah. we kind of we we changed it up a lot. Uh, but then, like by the end of it, Abe would do harmonies, and Tegan had a couple of clean backups he'd do as well. So we kind of all did a bit of everything, which is which is really fun. Um, but yeah, to, to, to get back to how we got here, we kind of decided like we wanted to do something different, but we didn't think we'd actually be able to transition Ghost of a Chance into being what we wanted it to be because um, people had expectations and all we felt like we were very much expected to do a certain thing. Yep. Um, and so we essentially staged a fake breakup. Fake wow. In the sense that, fake in the sense that we were going to keep making music together but we didn't tell anybody that. We just said, hey, first of a chance, last of a show. We had a, a real good one, big turnout. Like, you know, it was a really great show. Like, you know, yep. find a whole bunch of stuff throughout every set of drumsticks I had. And, you know, we just went out with a bang. Yeah. But then in the time between the, the fake breakup and the, the new band, Abe decided that he'd kind of had enough and he, he didn't want to keep doing stuff with us. Uh, and it kind of meant that the fake breakup became a real breakup and we Dude. didn't ever feel like we got a last show. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I was going to say before you said that Abe left, I had never heard of a band doing that, staging a fake breakup. For you to think to yeah. do that, that young is amazing. But yeah. also you would only think to do that when you're that young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anybody else would be like, well, we can't do that. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's crazy. So, like, you know, yeah. Yeah. Like you think of people doing it these days and you go, oh, well, that's being a bit disingenuous to your fans or like people are going to be so angry at you for like messing with them. But yeah. we were just like, oh, we want to do something different. So let's just let's just break up and then immediately start again. I think that's really cool. Um, also, <laughs> I went through my full list here and it's only just occurred to me because we're not going to get to this story yet. I'm sure we will get to it because um, we stole you from a band and I forgot the name of the band we stole you from. Uh-huh, yeah. So that band was called Oceana. Um, and, no. Oh, sorry, uh, Le Fay. Le Fay, Le Fay. All right, yes. Yeah. All right, was Le, Fay, was Le Fay the first band after Ghost of a Chance? I think so. Yeah, I reckon it probably was. That was with one of the guys who was in that, like, the, the pop-punk band I mentioned that never made it out of the garage. Yep, yep. So that was, that was with him and a, and a couple of other mates. Uh, and so that was, did that band have a name, the pop punk band? Nothing to say. It was called Nothing to Say. All right. Yeah. Nice. That's a very pop punk I think, name. I, I think. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's yeah. three words. It's three words. It's perfect. Like, I was yeah, talking yeah. to Jack last week and we we're talking about sometime soon and all year round and taken by chance and <laughs> three word <laughs> yeah. punk names. Her latest flame. Yeah. Perfect. We're doing Adelaide. Yeah. 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 But yeah, um, actually... Oh, I can't even remember my own timeline. I think just before Le Fay, I was in another band that was more really going for an Alexis on fire sound. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and through that, like I was getting progressively less satisfied with doing the drums. Like I was trying to get out from behind the drums, but in my experience, drummers are always harder to find than guitarists and stuff. So yes. I always ended up like, just be like, Oh, I'll just drum so we can get started. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you were stuck but, there. Yep, that's it. So by yeah. the time LeFay rolled around, we got another, like, I, I was firm, like, I'm not going to drum in this one. Yeah. And so we had a different drummer. And yeah, so we recorded a couple of stuff with those guys. Um, and then they, I was doing 
local amateur theatre around Adelaide and I was doing a production of Les Mis, which was like, you know, there was 30 people on stage and then another 30 behind because there's a massive production. And I said, hey, guys, because they wanted to book shows. I was like, that's all good. Book them for whenever, but this is my production week, so I'm out of action. Yeah. And they 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 booked the show for for um that, like, opening night. And I was oh, like, no. I do it. And, uh, <laughs> I thought, well, you have to. So, like, tell them you can't be in that show. And I was like, nah, guys. Like, yeah, yeah. Serious? So, it kind of, like, I'd known those guys for ages. Um, it kind of went very sour at the end there. Uh, right. Not not least of all, because right when I was like, well, I can't do the show. And they were like, all right, we'll send us the lyrics and we'll do it without you. I was just like, well, if you don't need me, you don't need me. Here's the lyrics. See you later. Yeah, yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, I also happened to announce that I had been practicing with you guys with Capulet. And so they felt real hard done by, even though like I was going to do both bands. Just, yeah, yeah. God, I remember because we uh, were looking for a vocalist for a very long time. Um, trying out a few different people, looking for a few different options. Like we were going to go in vastly different directions, and then we found the Lafay MySpace. Uh, I cannot remember. Oh wait, I can remember. I can remember it was, exactly. It was Phil. It was Phil. Yeah. Phil Adams so, was at my house uh, recording a song, which I still have called. Uh, what was it called? Quick Write Words. It was like yeah. I still love this song. We I need to make it into a proper song one time, and. Um, I don't know. I, I actually thought that we had an amazing like songwriting recording session. And at the end of it, I was like, this is like, this is awesome. This is really cool. And he just, I guess he wasn't feeling it. And at the end he was like, dude, there's someone that's perfect for your band. Uh, and I haven't wanted to tell you about him, but I've got to tell you about him. And this is who it is. And then, yeah, we went and listened to Le Fay, and I was just like, ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, it's funny, right, because you, you mentioned, like, um, you know, that it was Tagan that was in Ghost of a Chance with me, and you were like, oh, you mean from, like, We The Sentinel, which is obviously yeah. a band with Phil. Yes, But yeah. there was this in-between band that I mentioned just before, Oceana, yeah. and it was because Tagan knew Phil, and we kind of just threw together this little band. Phil played bass in that one, and they yeah. got me to come in and sing. We played, like, one show, wrote, like, four songs, never went anywhere, but essentially it's through Tagan that I met Phil, that I ended up in Capulet with you guys. So like that is awesome. had a hand in all of this. It's yeah, so yeah. I had a massive yeah. man crush on Phil for a very long time. He's he's an amazing dude. I just used to think he was really cool. Like when I first met him, he was like bass player that could sing like Anthony Green. Plus he's the master of just being like, hey, let's write a song together. And he's just got like, he'll whip out like a chord progression real quick. Yeah, be like, I reckon like the melody should sound like this and just throw some lyrics in there. And and I say throw some lyrics in there, but they'll be cool as heck. Like he's got a really interesting way of, of approaching songwriting and it happens quick. Dude, and like, th- I, I'm a good collaborator. Like if yeah. I'm with someone like that, I'll like, I'll, I can feed off the energy and, and brainwaves will come and we'll, we'll do heaps of cool stuff. But he can do it on his own. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I can't quite do that. I'll slave away on my own um, for a while and not be happy with it. And like, yeah, but yeah, he's, he's the master. Very nice. So from Lafay, you came over to Capulet. So throughout all of this, uh, you're doing musical theatre. So did the music, like teaching and learning and lessons and musical theatre, did that start before any of this? Was that alongside all of the bands? Uh, so like I... My family's really religious, and so I grew up going to church, which meant I was singing every Sunday for yeah. as long as I could remember. Uh, and then I wanted to play drums early on, and so I got lessons, and then, you know, you end up in the church band and the church choir and all this kind of stuff. So music was going on outside of 
you know, rock music and, and, and alternative bands and stuff the whole time. Yeah. Uh, I only started doing musical theatre. Um, well, I, I did the school musicals in year 11 and 12. So, yeah, they were going alongside First of a Chance and stuff. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, the amateurs musicals, I, I went straight into them after, after high school. Uh, so yeah, I mean, like I got singing lessons in the year twelve because I needed to because I swapped to voice in my in in high school, and you need to be getting lessons to be doing music in, on the senior campus. Um, yeah, it was just another one of the rules at my high school. They wanted you to be getting trained so they could like you know show a curriculum and then what you're doing. So yeah, so the lessons were happening alongside all of that. Um, the teacher I met in year twelve, uh, I kept I got lessons with for like five years after high school like she was really great so i just stuck with her um i remember you know, being she... so impressed that you were like a professional musician is how we saw it when you would talk about <laughs> you know like being in productions and going and vocal coaching and things like it was incredible like and you'd be like oh yeah because it's like band practice on these nights and like vocal coaching on this night and i used to see that as like you were an all all in musician whereas yeah. we well, kind of before that saw ourselves as just like dudes that also played in a band you know so it was like very impressive it's interesting right because like when you sent me the the demo for for machines i think it was it wasn't called machines yet but like you sent me that that demo uh as like a, hey this is what we sound like the quality was like so far above what i thought any of the bands i was currently doing was so like you guys had that air of professionalism right you you just applied to like a grant to actually go and record interstate at a proper studio as opposed to just like going to someone's house you knew who had yeah. pro tools you know like it seemed so unreal like proper professional so like that's that's funny that you guys looked at me and went all right here's this guy like he's a legit musician whereas whereas i went oh wow like these guys are legit i could be a legit musician if i if i teamed up you know so yeah it's go. funny i i feel like with capulet the the two things that kind of were like the veneer over just being like a band because when we were jamming or playing a live show we were an, i feel like we were an amazing band like super tight great sound great songs i was obviously a big fan of our band but i feel like uh externally if people were finding us we had ben's ben's recording ability and ben's just like he could just do everything you know like he got mm -hmm. all the recording equipment um he figured out all the hardware and setting it all up made sure everyone had the right gear figured out recording so our recordings were good and then I was studying graphic design. So we had yeah. like, yeah. we had the best MySpace. We had like animated MySpaces when that was only for big bands and stuff. So we had like, from the outside, yeah, I feel like there was like this kind of, this mask of, of real quality in that way. And then it's, but like I said, you know, like I still wouldn't have seen us because I would have seen me as, oh yeah, I was a guy at uni doing graphic design and playing in a band. Whereas like that added to the band. But when you came in, it was like, this is a musician. So then it's like you bringing that and then obviously the voice. It's a heck of a voice, Tim Bartel. <laughs> Thank you kindly. Yeah, no. Um, uh, looking back, like we were doing doing a lot of things right um, and, you know, not least of all because, you know, you were really handy with graphic design. And then, I'm, I mean, the case in point was when we released that, the first EP I did with you guys and we were so picky with the artwork and I felt like every, every week you had two or three completely different designs that we would be debating over. Right. So like, I still have was, all of them. Yeah. Really valuable though. Like just mm. being able to have someone like yourself who was that, that quick and that creative, but yeah, going back to what you were saying about Ben's production, 
um, you know, like he never did any of our anything we released, but there are some tracks that I think his pre-pro, like the, the demo versions that we recorded at, at, at like Ryan's dad's house just on yeah. his laptop, sound better than some of the final results. There was something about they had a lot of heart to them. Like they had that live yeah. feel as well. You could really feel yeah. how the song, like how it felt when you're playing it live. Um, rather yeah. than it just like being a song that you listen to. It's like, oh yeah, you can feel the way that we want this part to move into the next part and how this, yeah. you know, we want this bit to be boosted. And yeah, I just feel exactly. like- Exactly, that, that's, that's exactly it. Like the way, like in Looking for Fire and Finding a Spark, like that's a quiet song that explodes in the back end. And yeah. in Ben's production, he's not worrying about like compression or what it's going to sound like with headphones and making sure it sounds connected he just made it explode yeah, and it man. was so impactful and we never captured that on the on the studio version we went through two producers yeah and just i don't think it ever popped off the way we wanted it to yeah oh it's it's still a great album <laughs> <laughs> i'm a big fan so from Capulets, uh so we released the ep so we went to sydney released the ep and then we played those songs forever for the biggest part of the band yeah was yeah. uh was writing up, the album up and down the east coast yeah. yeah playing playing that ep uh then it came time and we were talking about this last week as well um where we got the text from ben band meeting um and this is after we had recorded the album so it was how many years of writing was that two two and a half years of writing and yeah, it was a while because i mean like we started writing like like before we by the time we toured, we won't let go. We were already playing um, these lies. Track three, these yeah, these lies. Yeah. And so like that started straight away. That's two thousand and nine. So, yeah, yeah. Because we we had these lies um, as a song before we recorded the EP, but it wasn't ready. It wasn't yeah. very good yet. Um, but yeah, so we were recording for ages, and then it was like the album is recorded, and we were just kind of, you know, stuck with, like you said, going through different producers, getting it mixed and mastered, and then also like buying houses and all of that stuff, and when Get, I got the... Getting engaged. And yeah, stuff, yeah, and when I got the message from Ben, I remember it was just like, there was almost some relief, because I, I just knew immediately what it was going to be, and I was just like, alright, like, if he's, if he's going, I can go. Like I remember, like, Sitting, sitting at the pub and then laid it all out because for, for context for the listeners here, yeah, yeah. we recorded this album and we recorded it with a fairly um, inexperienced producer. Great guy, great musician in his own right. It One of my favourite bands. Time, yeah. <laughs> first, first time he did a uh, record of the scope that we were doing and the tracks just didn't sound like they belonged next to each other on a record they sounded so yeah. disjointed like some weird sampler cd um and we'd gone back and forth and he said hey look i don't think i'm going to be able to do what you guys need but i've got to hook up with this other great producer and he'll give me mates rates but you're going to have to pay him something and so it was the concept we'd already forked out thousands each yeah. the accommodation and flights and the recording itself and the mixing and everything like we'd all we'd all you know the purse strings were tight and we were about to have to spend more money to get them remixed and mastered. And so Ben set us down and said, Hey, look, I've just got engaged. We're saving up for a house. We're saving up for a wedding. You know, like I'm trying to work as much as I can. And so I don't have time. Da, 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 da. And then as soon as he finished and there was that moment of silence where we're all like, shit, Ben's leaving the band. I remember you just went, Hey, 
everything he said, I'm in the exact same boat. Yeah, same. Because like, you were doing all the exact same things. You were yeah. like engaged, saving up for a wedding. You guys were looking at getting the house and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, man. And it was just like, it was just this moment of like, because as soon as I got the text, I was like, ah, oh, Ben's going to leave. And that means I can leave and I'm not sad about it. So it must mean yeah. that it's just time. Like I wasn't. Yeah, you just felt relief. So yeah. Yeah. I wasn't dying to get out. I loved being in the band, but there, it was more, I wasn't in it as much as I used to be. Like it used to yeah. be my life and then life had changed. And it was like. Like the, the morale of the band had like dipped. And like yeah. you said, none of us didn't enjoy doing it. And no one was fighting like. Oh no. Line up. We all got along so well. Best yeah. mates. But you could just see in little things like when I joined it was minimum two practices a week. Yeah. And that, that's why we were tight. That's why we stood out. That's why we'd come to soundcheck and the other bands would pay attention Yeah, because we were so well practiced. And we dropped back to at most one a week. Yeah. And a lot of the time there was like four people there because someone couldn't make it for whatever reason. Yeah. And like, I, like I said, you know, we all enjoyed doing it. No one was begrudging each other, but you could just tell some of the love had gone and you know, that, that, horror recording process like ben had to go into state twice because his drum tracks got lost right yeah so you know it was just nails in the coffin really i also wonder if it was the pre-production um like we loved doing it it was great i remember doing those vods we had Bocco come down with the the camera and do the recording and all the editing and stuff i feel like at the time it was an amazing time like some of the best times mm -hmm. going over to ryan's dad's having that upstairs just writing songs, jamming, recording. But it may, I, maybe it went too long. Maybe we should have done another EP or something at the time just to keep momentum. Yeah, I think we were so determined to do a full-length album. Yeah. And, you know, that, that kind of is why we went with this other producer instead of going back to Electric Sun. Yeah. And, you know, we went, oh, look, let's not worry about getting Electric Sun-level production because we've shown everybody that we can sound like that and we can do it. Let's get 12 tracks that show them that we can do an album and maybe it's not quite as polished, but, you know, it'll still be good because we're a good band. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was that decision to do a full-length album at that moment, I think. And it's a funny one, right? Because we had no pressure from anyone saying, you got to do one. Like, even, oh, like... I'd say it was pressure, oh, on, us pressure on ourselves. So... The, yeah, the demo, I mean, like, externally, yeah. yeah, yeah, the demo that came out before the EP, the self-titled demo, um, with Vasic singing, was the EP, because we'd already released so many, like three demos or something. So we yeah. released, you know, two singles and a demo, or a demo and two singles, and then we recorded our EP, and then we weren't happy with it, and we decided that it was another demo, and that you know we we wanted to get that ep done so then we worked and we got the ep done and then in our minds we've just done two eps so it's yeah. like we've already released so much music we were just so desperate to get into an album um it, we felt like we needed it i think to to be a real band mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah I, I we definitely put all that pressure on ourselves didn't we <laughs> oh absolutely but so from there just like clockwork yeah so with you and ben leaving right you are the, the founding members of the band that then became Capulet, right? Like a couple of name changes, but Capulet. Yep, yep. And so Ryan Chamberlain and myself were like, well, what do we do? My, my best mate in the world who I was living with was a bassist and, you know, he played in Black Lung Theatre, We The Sentinels, so Old Ghost. So that was a no-brainer. We were just yeah. like, you come join. You know, we, we found a drummer through mutual friends and stuff and we thought, all right, well, look, we're not thrilled with this album. It doesn't sound like 
you know, the quality everyone expects from Capulet. We got two new members replacing like the only remaining founding members. Let's, let's rebrand. Um, yeah. We're also, you know, we were encouraged to do that because, you know, there were like two or three other Capulets and yeah, there were now, there were now streaming platforms coming out that weren't very good at sharing band names. That was a massive problem. So, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, we had, it, that was a real, we could have gone either way kind of moment. We had plenty of people being like, don't do it. Who cares if there are other Capulets? People know you. And, you know, yeah. I remember Ben from Liability of My Own or at that point, um, the Scissor File was like, don't do it. Capulets a solid name. Just like, who cares? Mm. Um, and in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, I kind of wish we'd taken his advice. I think, you know, we were just self, self-managed, self-promoted. And so we did everything we could to be like, Formerly Capulet, just like Clockwork, formerly Capulet. Yeah, Capulet. Yeah. We still play all the Capulet songs. Here's all of our stuff, rah, rah, rah. But, you know, I think like a lot of people, like still like years later, when I would say, oh, yeah, we used to be called Capulet, they'd be like, oh, that's what happened to Capulet. And yeah, just, like, yeah. You know, the, the, the casual listener who's not keeping up with the ins and outs of the scene, I think we lost a lot of momentum doing the name change. Well, I um, reckon we, when, when we did our... um uh like comeback show with Amberlyn I there was a few times that we were like do we change it to we are Capulet just because we had to get all these things back like a new Facebook and all this stuff and I think I was kind of pushing for us to change the name on the comeback as we are Capulet because it kind of still had Capulet in there and because we'd been myspace.com slash we are Capulet yeah we'd always been that so that it wouldn't have been that that much of a stretch but Yeah. yeah like so just like clockwork you know new lineup playing a lot of the old oldies but we recorded another ep then and we did it at electric sun where we'd done the first one and again the quality was there sounded so great good. yeah played played a couple of east coast shows and whatnot like that was yeah it, it really highlighted that we shouldn't have tried for the for the full length but it was fun yeah. we played for a few more years as just like clockwork and then that kind of had the great local band fizzle out we we never decided to stop being a band yeah we never had a last show or a farewell or anything it just kind of the slow the show slowed down and then the practices slowed down and then anytime a show offer came up it was like ah all right we are gonna have to practice for two months before we can play this show because like chamber would be like i haven't picked up my guitar in like three months yeah and so we're like okay so that shows a little bit too close so we'll have to say no to that one because we're not going to be ready in time then the show offers start slowing down when you when you're turning them down and you don't have a presence so that band kind of just like slowed down and ended yeah um, so with honest truth you know, ep that you guys did go and record was yeah. me, was that with moran as the drummer who was the drummer for the recording of honest no, that truth? was that was ben duffy by the time it came out nick moran was our drummer okay so it says on the cd sleeve just like focus is tim jack chambo jt and nick yeah, but it also says drums performed by Ben Duffy. I see. So he was our first drummer as Just Like Clockwork. Yeah, but he he left at um he had other priorities. Yeah, and we paid for him to come across and track all the drumming for the. Uh, EP. That's very cool because I remember listening yeah. to the EP and I love it because it was still very us and it still had our sound, but it was yeah. also different. So it did feel like a really nice progression, and the way that it felt different is it felt. It felt more like the new members. Like it felt like yeah. you guys. And I, I like, you know, I was a little bit sad because I was like, oh, it's, you know, I'm not part of it, but I loved hearing 
the progression and the change because yeah. obviously I couldn't have done that because I would only be no. writing in the way that I would write you know, you know bring put in my input in yeah we had we had like a few songs in there that had a much more overt kind of pop punk sensibility yeah, yeah, with yeah. Of the melodies and the choruses and that's because you know Jack when Ryan left Jack joined and so he was coming off of sometime soon you know yeah and i'd always been like pushing for big pop punk harmonies and stuff because that's what i brought to capulet in the first place right yeah so then we had you know ben uh, sorry uh chambo was still there holding on to the kind of really heavier screamo stuff like he was always pushing us like that's cool we can have that chorus but let's have this breakdown here yeah. so he was yeah. holding it down for that old school capulet sound which is where that that nice mesh kind of came into it. Yeah, definitely. And so when Just Like Clockwork was kind of fizzling and, and slowing down at the end, as you said, Old Ghosts, did Old Ghosts start like while JLC was still strong or was it a part of the fizzle, the the new group kind of forming? So, yeah, so Old Ghosts fills band, which is, you know, is kind of owed to, to Dance Gavin Dance, that kind of vibe. Yeah. That had been going like alongside you know, later days Capula and just like clockwork the whole time. I had, uh, I thought you, sorry, in my head, I'd stuffed up. I thought you'd been the drummer initially and then moved into vocals. No, no, no. I don't know I, where I, I got I had, that from. Nah, I hadn't been in that band. So the original drummer mm. was Calla. Was Calla the original? No, he was in, it was Nick. Nick Moran was the yeah. first drummer, right? Yeah. Or Brody. Brody Green was Brody. Right. But yeah, and then Nick Moran. Um, and then, you know, so... JP, before he was in Just Like Clockwork, was in Old Ghosts as well. Yeah, so I love Old Ghosts, man. I love all phases yeah. of Old Ghosts. That is just such a yeah. cool band. <laughs> and they recorded like two kind of sets of demos, I suppose, like a couple of singles. Yeah. Um, of like two tracks each. And they kind of fizzled a little bit at the same time due to waning commitments. And yeah. then as Just Like Clockwork kind of was fizzling and I wasn't really doing anything with that anymore, Phil said, hey... We're getting the band back together and we've kind of asked certain people to step back yeah. because, you know, we weren't getting the commitment. Nick isn't coming back to drum because he didn't want to. He's busy with hindsight and stuff. Yeah. And so uh, Pat is moving from guitar to drums because he's just a, a freakishly talented musician yeah. on anything he touches. It's like we've got this guy named Adam coming in to play Pat's parts. Feels like I'm going to move back to bass because JT's stepping back. Yeah. And... Uh, I want you to take my vocals. Wow, how did that I was feel? Like, oh, I was absolutely honoured, right? Like, yeah. like feels like like I said, he's a he's a very unique songwriter. Yeah, and he writes his strengths. He's got a unique voice. Uh, and I was and I remember like in the past, like like I said, really close to the JT, and this was a band JT was in for years, and like. You know, me and Phil were close. Our bands played together all the time. There was always the talk of like, oh, it would sound interesting with like you singing this or like with Phil singing that. Yeah. And JT would always say like, I think like you're a really good singer, Tim. And of course you could sing these songs, but Phil's got the sound of old ghosts. So yeah. I was like really tentative. I was like, Phil wrote the songs. If he thinks I can do it, I'm not going to say no because like, oh, they're yours. I, yeah. They're great songs. I'd love to sing them. But I was very cautious. I was like, I don't want to come in and change the sound of this band. It would be interesting uh, to know and, what other people yeah. felt because I, because you're, to me, you're like the Capulet singer. Like I, I've heard mm. you sing more than anyone else in the world. Like how many practices did we do? So yeah, I, yeah. so when you stepped in, then it was like, for me, it was very different, I think, to any other listener because that's like, oh, that's like, that's my Tim. So that's like hearing yeah. your voice on there. It's like, oh, that's like, 
the vo like I'm not gonna say my vocal I can't sing but it's like when we wrote music that's the vocal so I was like oh that's like yeah. our vocal to this music and I loved it but when I think of like the old ghost sound because I can't separate that I still think of you as the Capulet sound then I would still think of Phil's vocal as the old ghost sound so I wonder if people yeah. that are separate to the band have have that feeling as well or if it's just like oh the singer changed well we we record like adding to that we recorded has my video just dropped it's still going, but uh, for, for those oh, okay. I for those listening, uh, oh, we had yeah. a lot of issues early on getting started up. Tim had some. So, Tim, amazing podcaster. Uh, I, I thought this was going to be a layup because I was like, sweet, he's yeah. got a podcast set up. We had technical issues, so now we're running off the phone for this one. So I will definitely have we're Tim even, on again uh, in, in better quality at some point. We're even using the software that I use to do the podcast. It's just like neither of us could hear each other or see each other, and we tried... We both restarted. I tried two different laptops. I tried it in browser in the software. Just couldn't get it working. Um, I'm just really quickly on the note talking about my phone. Yep. I need to grab a charger cord really quickly. So I'm in. You go for seconds. it. All good. And then I'm going to tell you about the old ghost recording. Okay. Okay. Well, I've lost him. As we were saying before, we've had a lot of technical difficulties uh, during this podcast. I will definitely have him on again. I've loved talking to him. It's actually really funny. Um, I didn't realize that uh, when I'm doing these couple of first podcasts with friends, that they would get very personal. Um, so I've actually, like a lot of the things we've been saying, I've kind of been scared, like, oh, what can I say? Can I not, you know, I don't want to offend anyone or upset anyone. And it's just something I didn't expect uh, from the podcast, but it's just, I know really interesting talks. I, I hope I haven't been holding myself back too much because like, I know a lot of things change in bands, people will come and go and stuff. And I guess there might be a few awkward moments. So if there are, I guess I don't want to apologize for those because that's all part of it. But I have loved talking to with Tim tonight for the podcast. Um, and you can find Tim. So his new band, Dayglow Freaks, which we didn't even get to, uh, that features his brother and two friends, have their new self-titled EP coming out tomorrow. So go and search Dayglow Freaks and their new EP. Uh, he is also the co-host of Disc and Dice podcast. They do video games, comics, and role-playing games. And uh, tabletop games, I guess, is the other, other other way to say that. And his new podcast with his fiancée, Shayla, called Grown Up Picture Book Club, uh, which is a comics and graphic novel-based podcast. Um, and yeah, he's the, the other thing we didn't get to is Tim has moved to Melbourne. Um, so after we did do our comeback show in 2019, I've been saying last year for so long, but now it's two years ago, uh, we were hoping that we'd kind of do a comeback. Timmy? swapped off of my headset which makes me think the phone is just going to keep going until it's got enough battery but you have you have voice but anyway i was doing like a wrap-up just in case you couldn't come back in yeah but um yeah, man i'm so sorry dude that's all right it was so good like i feel like this is a good a good start like because i'm gonna have you on again and next time in better quality yeah, yeah. But before we go um we didn't even get to dayglow freaks give me like a real quick summary and tell me about the ep coming out tomorrow so Dayglow Freaks is a funk band that me and my brother formed like a few years ago, wrote a whole bunch of songs, recruited some other people. Uh, we have recorded our debut EP, which is coming out on Friday. That's um, January 8th. So I don't know when this episode's dropping, but um, January 8th, it'll be out everywhere on all streaming platforms. We've got a single out right now called Sweet Thing, uh, which you can listen to on Spotify. It's basically, that one is like a real kind of Jamiroquai sound to it. It's all upbeat, fun, disco, funk kind of stuff. The other songs are a bit moodier, a bit 
bit funkier, jazzier. But yeah, if you're into funk music, Steely Dan, Wolfpack, Earth, Wind and Fire, give us a listen. That's kind of that's kind of our bag. Oh, very cool. Thank you so much, man. I was just saying as well in the uh, little interlude that I did where I wasn't sure if you were going to come back on or not. I was saying that something I didn't expect that happened on the Jack Chambers episode and happened again today is I feel like uh, things because I was like, oh, I'll start off the first couple of podcasts with friends to like warm up, get into it. But then personal stuff kind of comes up a little bit. And I feel like I've been like holding back some things because I didn't want to like upset anyone or like there's like maybe some awkwardness like i did not expect that from any of these podcasts we we redacted a couple of names but it's all it's all you know it's all out of respect and whatnot you know like and i feel like i don't know about you but i feel like i get more into like media and content when i feel like i i'm getting something relatable so i don't necessarily want it all to be sanitized accounts of, of the facts like if i'm getting someone's feelings about it you know getting into getting into, you know, what, what really made that person tick or like how they felt about it. I'm, I'm much more interested. So, I mean, I think it's a good thing, man. As long as you're comfy, I Dude, reckon that's, that's the go. I am. I just can't believe, I didn't realize how personal a thing it is to me, the idea of leaving bands or like the ways that people come in and out of bands. I think that it's actually something that really uh, affects me and, and I might feel really like awkward about like talking about the time after I was in the band or before you were in the band or like any, anything that happened after I was in the band. Like I, I feel there's like a real weird awkwardness that I did not expect (laughs) just in me. Um, is that, is that like a normal thing you reckon? Do most people have that? Do you have that with bands? Absolutely. I mean, like you feel like you don't, you don't want to, you want to avoid seeming like you're giving more weight to the part of the story where you were specifically involved or, you know, disrespecting anybody that came before the person you're talking to, you know, like, or, or after, you know, I, I completely understand it. Like there is a bit of awkwardness and I think it comes from a place of wanting to be respectful. But I mean, like if, if you ask, I, I think like you've, you've broached it really nicely. I, I, I haven't felt any, any awkwardness talking to you about any of it. So yeah. Excellent. On the video feed, uh, which I, I'll watch back when I edit, my face got red quite a few times. I kind of glanced over. I was like, whoa. But yeah, not very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think it's anything too bad, but I guess I, I felt maybe there's like some shame where I'm like, oh God, like I left the band and I feel bad. Maybe there's things that I feel bad about that I don't realize that I feel bad about until like we actually talk about it. And it's like, oh God, this is something that I did. You know, like, yeah, I didn't even know. I don't even know. I just, it's something that I haven't expected. And then it's been like really, really prominent for me in the podcast. It's uh, the, the podcast, as you thought was going to be a bit of fun, is, is a bit therapeutic as well. It is, 100%. But yes, I will definitely have to have you on again soon in much better quality. And because I feel like there was so much, but there's still so much more. Like we barely talked about touring or playing shows or anything about really being in the band together or it. Or much at all. We just did like, that was a real kind of, we, we went twice over time, but I, there were technical issues in there. But I feel like that was like a summary. We didn't even touch on like some of the amazing acts we got to play with and some yeah. of like the festivals and weird shows we found ourselves on. Like, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> we're making it sound like we left out all the good bits. Well, dude, this is a we sick introduction. Well, it's a sick introduction then. So I'll definitely have you on again soon. Um, and thank you again so much for being on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, mate. Can't wait to come back. All right, dude. Well, I'll wrap up the podcast now. So thank you guys uh, so much for listening. 
uh, doing a new podcast every week and the Rogan Josh Reaction channel is putting up three videos every Monday, Wednesday and Friday to metal, metalcore, rock, just anything alternative, all the good stuff. So, uh, and come and find me on all my socials, which should be listed down below. Rogan Josh on YouTube, Rogan Josh Insta, Rogan Josh FB. Tim, do you have any socials that you want to plug? Uh, yeah, probably just, I mean, I've got all of my own stuff, but um, I reckon check out the At Disc and Dice podcast, if especially if you came to this podcast through Josh's gaming stuff. That's all video games, board games, tabletop, you name it. We talk about it. Um, we're on like Insta and Twitter and all of that. Now, Josh mentioned the Grown Up Picture Book Club podcast. That hasn't actually launched yet. That's one where my fiance and I uh, pick a comic book. We both read it, think about it independently, and then have a chat about it like all good book clubs. So give us a follow. Our debut episode um, on The Killing Joke is going to be coming out really soon. Oh, yes. Uh, and then, like we were just talking about, Dayglow Freaks, my new baby, the new band. We've got our debut EP coming out in a couple of days. I'd love if you guys could... Uh, check that one out. If funk's not your thing, I won't hold it against you. But yeah, <laughs> give us a sus if you feel so inclined. Oh, good. You've made me feel so much better. I thought that I was just a bad friend that hadn't listened to any grown-up picture book club yet. <laughs> no, no, no. We've been trying to work up a backlog before we launch so that if we get busy with life and stuff, we're not just going weeks without an episode. See, this is the mistake that I made this week. I knew that I had to get one done, even though I've been feeling terrible. But So thank you very, very much for also uh, putting up with me through that. And thank you for, for having me, mate. I was uh, a little bit disappointed when we had to when we had to reschedule. So I'm glad you're feeling better, and we managed to get to it. Oh, good. All right, thank you, man, and thank you guys for listening. <laughs>